0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Pixels and in Ink. This is episode number 23. And as always, I'm joined by Mackenzie.
1: Hello, everyone. Hey. Happy whatever day it is to you.
0: If you're just joining the podcast, this is if this is the first episode you're listening to, we're actually in the midst of a series where we're talking about personalized URLs.
1: You can check out all of our previous episodes of course on itunes or stitcher or Mm -hmm. go to our blog which is mindfirestudio.com forward slash blog and scroll down you'll get all of the previous episodes both about pearls and personalized urls but all the previous ones as well
0: yeah there's some some really good stuff there guys so go back and listen to those but today we're excited because we're talking to you today about three very specific use cases for personalized urls These are three use cases that we have seen over the years that uh, we've seen uh, work very successfully for numerous industries. And this episode is for you if you do any kind of marketing that employs direct mail, or heck, even if you're not using direct Mm -hmm. mail, right? Even if you just do email. You can still apply these techniques, and, and what you're going to learn are things that other companies are doing to improve their ROI and to generate more leads and sales from the marketing that they're doing using this concept of a personalized URL. So this is an episode you don't want to miss if you find yourself in that boat. The other group of people that this is for are service providers, right? Yeah. So that could be what, like an agency. It could be a marketing company. You're providing some sort of marketing service to your customers, and I'm willing to bet, Mackenzie, you want to bet right now? Yeah.
1: Let's bet. <laughs> Although I, I agree with you. Oh, so. you do? Okay, we're so on you're the same on the team.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're on the same side here. <laughs> I'm willing to bet that if you're in that boat, you have at least a half dozen clients right now that are doing what we're talking about or looking for things like what we're talking about today you just need to figure out how to show them the value uh, and maybe what today's information you'll have the confidence now to walk into their office and say look i can show you something that's going to generate more leads and sales for you right now uh, or maybe share this podcast with them you know maybe mm-hmm. you'll inspire them and they'll uh, they'll get ready to talk to you about this kind of stuff so that's what we're talking about today and uh let's jump right in
1: So to start us off, we're going to go over the first most common use case that we see with the use of personalized URLs, and that's what we call the handoff.
0: Yeah, so we've given them cutesy little names just to help you remember them. They're little <laughs> handles. So the first one is the handoff, as you said, and so Mackenzie, let's talk about that one for a moment here. So it's a very simple idea. Imagine that you're sending out direct mail, you're putting personalized URLs on it. What happens in the handoff scenario is that when somebody types in that URL into a web browser, instead of going to a corporate website or instead of going to a landing page or a microsite um, that would require the user to fill out additional information or type something in the idea behind the handoff is that using the pearl there are certain values that are passed behind the scenes to the receiving website so that for the person who's typing it in it makes that experience a lot easier so let me give you an example perfect yeah so imagine that you are a company that has maybe a shopping cart. You're an e-commerce website and you're sending direct mail pieces out to people and you want to engage them, bring them back to the site. So what you could do is put the pearl on the mail piece. And when you McKinsey type in your pearl and you go to that website, let's say it's selling you shoes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That works. Instead of you having to log in and get your shopping cart initiated by entering your email and your password, in theory, what they could do is automatically have your shopping cart loaded for you. Right? So, because you've typed in your Perl, it's handed you off to that website. It's passed values to that website behind the scenes so that you're automatically logged in and able to start browsing
1: right and this is really helpful listeners i'm sure you've experienced this but each step where someone makes you fill in additional information or makes you go through another page those are all easy places for drop off and so with this pearl handoff it makes the process really seamless and easy for the user
0: yeah so another way of putting that is it decreases friction right in the funnel so you want to think about the handoff as a tool for decreasing friction anywhere in your sales funnel or in your lead gen funnel that um, you might be able to take advantage of something like this and so what you can do is you can through the use of a handoff you can improve the user experience so that you're able to convert more people through your sales funnel and help them move to that next step more easily.
1: Right, and also as uh, people that are shopping or looking for products, we are doing this, you know, typically through a lot of different websites. And so as you're interacting with different marketing, it's really nice for the experience to be personalized. You know, also you can have the look and feel. For example, if I get a direct mail piece and I go to my Pearl or I get an email and I go to my Pearl and I'm now there with my updated shopping cart, it takes me less time to go back and search through products or know, oh yeah, I actually did want to purchase that. And so like Dave said, it decreases the friction and also uh, it allows you to just have a much more personalized experience with their website.
0: Yep, definitely. So if you're thinking about this and you're thinking, well, shoot, that sounds like still a little uh, extra work, hard work for me to, to implement. You could even take it a step simpler and just say, Hey, the pearl is going to lead to a corporate website. Now you might think, okay, so what's the advantage to that, right? What does that do for me? Well, even if you just do that, even mm-hmm. if you're just taking them to the corporate website, now at the very least, you're able to do attribution back to your direct mail piece and you have some actionable information. So you know that McKenzie went to the corporate site or you know that Joe went to the corporate site. You may not necessarily know what they did there, but at the very least, you can track back from your direct mail piece to your website and know that you are driving traffic from your outbound marketing.
1: Right and maybe if it's a high ticket value item in that instance you would have your salesperson call them or reach out and you know follow up with that person knowing that okay they didn't completely convert but they did have some interaction.
0: Exactly exactly so that's the idea behind a handoff and that's how you can use personalized URLs to do something uh, like what we've described there.
1: So maybe we should give a few other examples of how this is used okay. or ways this is used. Sure. And,
0: and you know that's a good point because there are literally, and you, you know this Mackenzie from being within here at MindFire, there are multi-billion dollar companies, True. billion with a B, that pay hundreds of thousands, in some cases even millions of dollars. And th- we're not exaggerating here, this is, this is real stuff for this type of workflow. Mm-hmm. They pay that much money for this type of workflow because of the impact it can have on a company's uh, funnel. Uh, so examples that we see a lot of, we see this in, um, we see in casinos, uh, specifically in loyalty programs or retail, uh, mm-hmm. companies like, like the shoe company, uh, fictitious example we mentioned, there's, there's examples of that. Um, there's examples of companies that are trying to convert, Uh, folks from let's say some sort of free trial of some sort of software or product and they want to up level them to the next level of paid membership Mm -hmm. where the handoff campaign reduces the friction in that funnel uh, to get more people to convert to the paid product so yeah there's a lot of use cases for handoff uh, scenarios where you're using pearls to uh, make the process more easy and uh, make it simpler for the respondent so that you as the marketer are able to achieve more through your campaign.
1: Yep. and in, in each case it's handing you as the user off from your direct mail piece or email mm-hmm. to a site that's personalized yep. and then in the background it's handing off the data that it knows about you via the pearl to the actual site that you're being brought Perfect. to. Beautiful. So it's a double handoff. Yep
0: that's great <laughs> That's that's a great way of summarizing it. So that's That's the first use case that we want to share with you. So now let's transition to use case number two.
1: So use case number two is your lead gen landing page. And I think that. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. make a comment on our blog or something, but I think this is the use case that many people think of when they traditionally think of the use of pearls. Yeah, probably. And so the idea behind this is that it's a way to connect uh, your personalized URL to the web. So via an email or via a direct mail piece, and you want to take those channels and then connect them to the online world, to a, to a microsite, to a landing page, where on that landing page, you can either ask for some information or you can give some information.
0: Or yeah, both. I, I think I would agree with you there this is kind of the classic scenario where that first page that that you get to is like let's call it a welcome page Mm -hmm. and then the next page that you see is like a data capture or a survey page and then once you fill that in you see that resulting thank you page as an example it's Mm -hmm. kind of a one two three step process and like you said Mackenzie typically what we see here on the first page is some sort of uh, capture of let's say an email address for the person responding or a pin code or a passcode or a promo code of some sort Uh, That's typically what we see on the first page, and then on the next page, that's where you can do the lead generation or the data capture. So it's like on the first page, we enter in our email, we hit continue. On the next page, there's a couple of questions that qualify us or capture more information from us. And then when we hit submit at the bottom of that page, it goes to a resulting thank you page.
1: Yep, exactly. And then the cool thing about using uh, these pearls with marketing automation is that you can then trigger automated follow-up emails. And so because you're using a personalized URL, you know who the person is that's interacting with your campaign and that's completing the survey or going through this, you know, one, two, three step process. And as as soon as they hit submit, or maybe they only stop at the second page, you can have an automated email triggered or even phone call or whatever it is based on their activity or a lack of activity on these landing pages. Yeah,
0: that's a good point. go back, if the listener goes back a couple of episodes, we had Ben Shank talking about the types of campaigns that he's created for his customers, and they actually call that what you just, what you just mentioned, the no action trigger. Mm -hmm, So it's mm -hmm. this idea of you going to that first page and maybe you get distracted or you get pulled away by something. You don't actually move to the next page. They've actually built marketing automation triggers into their workflows to then take that hand raiser, that lead and route it to a call center the call center then calls that individual says hey you know we noticed you stopped by but you didn't complete your experience can we help you take the next step
1: right and a lot of these landing pages as well as gathering and capturing information you can use to give some information maybe like hey we have this new ebook and we're going to offer you you know a free download or something like that and so one of the few things that you can do is you can bring them directly to the first page so there doesn't have to be a welcome and a a survey or a welcome and a Download page, you can just bring them right there and they can click that download link immediately. The cool thing about that, because you used a Pearl, you know who they are, you know they hit submit. Now, I'm just bringing this on you, Dave. Something that uh, has happened to us, which we try to play around a lot with, is what we call sometimes a false positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so let's say you have an email that you're sending out to your customers or your customers' customers asking them to, you know, maybe you want a $5 demo or some, or maybe you're giving out a gift card if they complete this survey. Right. Um, Something to think about is to look at your statistics on people that click through versus people that convert. And then once you follow up with them to see what they actually say, because some things that we have found is if you have a link that's clickable directly in the email and it goes to the place where they go to a webinar, hypothetically speaking. So maybe it's click the here to sign up for the webinar, save your seat. And then when they get to that first page, they're actually signed up. And then people are like, Hey, I didn't actually sign up. Right. Um, so you want to make sure that you're really clear in your emails. And in that instance, if you find that data coming up when you talk to people what you may want to switch to doing is do a two page landing page so you know click here to reserve your space go to a landing page that says hey you're about to register for XYZ webinar right. or XYZ webinar yeah. hit submit and then you'll go and then you can go to a thank you page so that's something I just thought about right now yeah no
0: that's a good point and I think that specifically we see that in the case of an email to a landing page mm-hmm. in the case of a direct mail to a landing page the person has to physically physically type, type right it yeah in, right. So, so yeah I think what you're saying is in the case of the email what we have seen is that some some of the email clients, in addition to the scenario we just described, which is a person forgetting that they actually did that or, mm-hmm. or not realizing that they're clicking the link, mm-hmm. some of the email clients that, that people use, that the email programs that they use will actually click those links for you. Right. And they're doing things like checking the content on the resulting page, making sure there's no pornography and stuff like that, depending mm-hmm. on the situation. So, yeah, that, that's a good point. You want to experiment with that a little bit. So w- when we talk about this classic setup for the landing page here, and you think about uh, the way it can be used, the, the things that you'll notice is that these types of campaigns are very, very valuable uh, because of a, of a few specific reasons. We mentioned a few of them, but let's dive into, into them in a little bit more detail. Number one, is that when you build these landing pages to generate leads, these campaign landing pages are very specific to the theme of the campaign, mm-hmm. right? So, so what I mean by that is unlike your corporate website that's kind of sane to all and needs to address a variety of interests and needs, this landing page is very specific to that piece that you're holding in your hand.
1: Right, so there's continuity, let's say, in the look, the feel, the uh, text, the images. And so let's say I got something, direct mail piece in the mail. Have you ever had this happen, Dave, where you get something and then you go to the website and you're like, why am I even here? Because there's no continuity. Where am I? There's Mm -hmm. no continuity. And so by using a personalized URL with a landing page, in this instance, you can keep that look and feel. And so let's say you get that direct mail piece, you type in the URL, you go there, oh, it's the same exact thing. You know, maybe it's summer 2016 collection or whatever it is, and so you know exactly where you're going and then you don't feel like what is this and then click out
0: yeah and i think for some folks that are listening here if you're a service provider and you're working with customers that have that are larger companies that have it departments that are supporting marketing what you'll often find is that the marketing team's priorities in terms of building out new pages on their website mm-hmm. is like really low on the it list right yeah yeah you're smiling because you know even at mindfire <laughs> that can be the case sometimes too right <laughs> yeah. so the power of this if you're able to build a campaign specific landing page that doesn't have to go through it that doesn't have to get technically uh, complicated or involved with an it team you can all of a sudden sprout wings and you can start to fly much more quickly than you could if you were dependent on the technology team so folks if you're thinking about your customers think about those that are somewhat hamstrung by technology and think about how you can help them get around that if you're in the service provider seat how you can help them get around that using these types of landing pages if you're in that seat yourself and you're thinking shoot yeah i've got all of these things that i need done for my marketing campaigns but i can't get them done by my technology team you can consider creating landing pages that match the theme of your marketing campaigns, direct mail campaigns and such, and uh, really amp up your results.
1: The second thing that's valuable about these is that they're designed to create leads and make a sale. Yep. And so they're really targeted to that specific objective of that campaign.
0: Mm-hmm. So what that means is that like in contrast to the corporate site, which we said is like the same to everybody, these pages are pushing you from like step one to step two to step uh-huh. three, right? They're leading you through that process. And so if you wanna lead, or if you wanna make a sale, that's what that little landing page is designed to do. That's its purpose in life is to achieve that specific objective. And you can make them very, very tailored to that approach. We're gonna talk about that here more in a moment in terms of how you can make them do that for you. And then the last thing, McKinsey, you touched on this as well, but you can start to use marketing automation to remarket to these people. For example, if they only make it to step two, then kick off this process Mm -hmm. if they make it all the way to the end then put them into some sort of email cadence or email sequence Uh, so these marketing automation sequences that you can create are very powerful for driving more leads more sales more engagement from your print campaigns or, or sometimes email campaigns to maximize the investment in time and money that you're putting into those campaigns.
1: Yep, absolutely. So I know that we've talked about a, a multitude of different examples here. And mm-hmm. so some of them are super simple and some of them are sophisticated. So maybe we should just go over a few different versions that okay. we've typically seen among sure. our customers.
0: So l- let's hold in mind for a moment this, um, three page example that we talked about kind of like a welcome page being page one, mm-hmm. a survey page being page two, and then thank you being page three. Okay. So one, two, and three. So the, the most simplistic example of that kind of use case is where uh, you have a welcome page, a survey page and a thank you page. And very that's linear. basically, yeah, very, very linear. Uh, now if you want to amp that up to the next level, what we see is again, a welcome page, but then the survey page actually has a branching, uh, feature to it. Meaning the first question might say, are you male or female? Mm -hmm. And if you say male, then the questions that you see next are specific to men. Uh, the question, if you're a woman, if you answered that, you're a woman, the questions you see are different, right? Mm -hmm. And so you can take that logic and start to branch what you're gathering from the individual based on how they're responding to you. And then on the next page, again, you can have a static thank you page that basically says, thanks for providing your information. We're going to follow up with you shortly. Um, Then there's another use case where once they've answered those questions on that second page, the resulting thank you page can actually be versioned so again you may answer those questions in a specific way in a certain way that then you as the marketer can leverage that information and display back to that person a message that's very specific to their use case and their situation
1: right and the first thing that comes to mind here is when we've gone to trade shows in the past we have reached out to people that we would met there in the past and say hey are you going to xyz trade show next month and so what would happen is we'd bring them to a page answer one question are you going yes or no Uh Um, and then let's say they say yes they go to a second page for example that has awesome we look forward to connecting with you at the show do you want to schedule a one-on-one meeting or do you want us to give you a call or do you want to come to a general session and so at that point then once they click their answer that makes most sense to their situation then they're going to go to another version page that's specific to them yep exactly so that's what comes to
0: mind there yeah so so we've, we've talked about versioned thank you pages we've talked about branching survey Pages. And then ultimately, what you could also do is version the very first page that people see, right? So let's imagine you're sending direct mail to 50,000 people or 30,000. The number really doesn't matter. But within the number that you're mailing, you have segments, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say you have um, current cu- customers and lapsed customers, just two very simple segments. When you type in your Perl, if you're a lapsed customer, and then I type in my Perl if I'm a current customer that very first page could be versioned based on the segment or the bucket that we fall into right So that's yet another example of how this seemingly simple one, two, three step process, welcome, survey, thank you page, how you can start to take those to the next level to increase your results.
1: Right, and then based on what bucket you fall into, then the different follow-up triggers that go out, the emails or the calls or whatever, can be different. You know, if someone says, oh, we're gonna go to the show and we wanna schedule a one-on-one appointment, well, at that point, then the follow-up could mean be picking up a phone and calling you versus someone who says, you know what, I just wanna come to one of your informational sessions, then maybe it triggers out an email to them with the schedule of the informational sessions. Yep. So you can also version those as well.
0: And I think this is why, you know, this concept of the personalized URL is so fascinating because it seems like such a simple idea, right? Taking mckenziefarchie.mynike.com and putting that on every direct mail piece that we sent to McKinsey. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Mm -hmm. Once you type that in, the whole electronic universe opens up to us as a marketer, you know, to us at Nike, if we're, if we're behind this campaign, it really opens up so many possibilities to engage you and to create a lead or to make a sale based on all of this added intelligence.
1: Yeah, by the way, I hope someone at Nike does listen to our podcast and then they reach out to me to be a sponsor.
0: Oh, to be a- (laughs) Well,
1: basically they sponsor me. Oh, do you want them to sponsor you? Okay. Yeah, because I want some shoes. (laughs) So if you know
0: somebody at Nike, hook them up with McKinsey. (laughs) So speaking of Nike, let's transition to some real life use cases of this. And so I'm just going to say a few off the top of my head and and tell me what comes to mind for you. So uh, we see this a lot from a use case perspective in automotive. Mm -hmm. So typically it's like schedule a test drive, right? Right. So, they send out a direct mail piece. Uh, 10,000 seems to be kind of uh, around the number that we usually see per drop in this particular vertical. 10,000 direct mail pieces get sent out, or inviting you to schedule a test drive. So, when you get to that landing page after typing in your Perl, oftentimes they'll collect an email address from you, or they'll ask for a PIN code or some sort of passcode. Um, to engage you in that process. So that's one common use case that we see for this three-step process. Another common uh, use case is in higher ed for student acquisition, student search campaigns, where We're prospecting across a variety of different students, and we want to find people applicable to our university who might be interested in applying. So that's another very common use case. What else comes to mind for you?
1: So it comes to mind for me is event registration. So like I said before, we do trade shows a lot, but it could be any sort of event registration. Sure. And another would be in solar uh-huh um, i know yeah. that they they use that a lot and i think that we've seen this a lot in mortgage applications as well Oh
0: yeah mortgage is a, is a huge industry
1: and by the way if you're interested in financial services specifically again our ben shank episode he talks mm. a lot about that too he's okay. a super financial services uh mortgage expert so you can even reach out to him yeah and that's him.
0: right that's right yeah so we talked about automotive we talked about higher ed uh financial services the sole industry is big in lead gen event registration. So if you're a marketer or if you're a service provider and you're any one of those spaces, those that's just a couple examples of where you can use this, but it's it's widely applicable. So that's use case number two. Let's transition now to use case number three.
1: Drum roll please.
0: Yep, here we go. Blah, so, blah, blah, blah.
1: <laughs> so use case number three it takes number two to a next step and that's basically what we call personalized microsites. Yeah,
0: so this is really cool. In contrast to use case number two, where we had the linear one, two, three step process. Think of it this way. It's actually a mini website. So you type in your personalized URL, you get to a home page. and off of that homepage, there's many other pages hanging off of it. Again, just like your standard website, except it's usually a little bit smaller and the advantage it has over your standard website is that it's typically topic specific. Uh, It could be product-specific, service-specific. It's usually highly personalized Mm -hmm. to that direct mail piece, to that person, to their segment. Uh, In other words, that microsite allows you to communicate with that individual in a highly targeted manner and give them information that's very specific to that person, to the product that you're pitching them, to the value that you're providing them.
1: Right. So just to be clear, this is a a microsite with multiple pages that are all on the same topic.
0: Right. That's right. So why is this kind of microsite valuable? So uh, there's a couple of reasons why folks are using this. So one is if you find yourself in a situation where you have a longer sales cycle, let's say six to nine month sales cycle and you need to nurture your prospects through some sort of ongoing series of touches you need to build a relationship with them over time then this microsite can kind of act as their home base online where they interact with you and where you provide them content that's specific to their situation so because they're visiting this microsite because they're getting there through a pearl that has all of this data on the back end you can segment The content that you're putting in front of them, you can make it relevant to their specific bucket, you can version pages specific to them, you can version images, and all of that is going to increase the engagement between that individual and your brand and the service that you're putting in front of them
1: and this is basically like a, a encapsulated home for that person yep exactly and so you know for example one thing that comes to mind um, talking about use cases we'll just I guess move on to that is the variable view book that one of our customers did for the university okay and so the idea of a variable view book is that I don't know if many of you have heard of this but in higher ed now oftentimes what they do is when they are reaching out to prospective students to go through the application process or to apply to different schools they make an interactive online what they call variable variable view book Mm -hmm. for people to, um, say their preferences. So for example, I want to go to the, I'm interested in engineering. And then in that microsite, in that variable view book, it gives you all the different information about the engineering school. Then maybe after that, there's some general pages about the uh, sports teams. And so it's a whole entire online view book that's then personalized to you as you interact with it so that all the content that you see is really relevant and personalized to you.
0: Yeah, that's cool because I like what you did there because we're calling it a microsite, but Mm -hmm. really you need to think about this in terms of w- the work that you do. So if you're a service provider, think about your higher ed customers and you might pitch it as a view book, right? right. It's the same idea, mm-hmm. but but the way you explain it and the way you describe it, just like you, you did a second ago, is very specific to higher ed. If you're sitting in the seat of the marketer um, in a high ed location or in some other organization, think about how you could use something like this to build a very specific home base for your prospect or your customer, something that's specifically tailored to them. So. You branched into the use cases, and let's talk a little bit more about those for a moment. Um, One example that comes to my mind, and without naming the name of the company, uh, again, a multi-billion dollar enterprise software company, where their specific objective was to put their software in front of C-level executives. So These are C-level titles, CEO, CIO, CTO, CMO. And what they believed to be true is the way they pitched their product would be different, dependent on the title of the person. Mm-hmm. Okay. So everybody went to the same microsite, uh, and meaning the same structure microsite, but the content, the imagery, they had contests like enter to win type contests. Uh, and, and all of those things were specific to the title of the individual. So what that would allow them to do is through a series of ongoing touches, I believe a direct mail piece would go out about every two weeks. Mm-hmm. Over the course of nine months, they invited folks back to that personalized microsite to engage them and ultimately generate leads for their enterprise sales team as folks interacted with that microsite.
1: Yeah. The cool thing that I like about this example is that it's not one of those one and done campaigns, right? Mm-hmm. So this is, a, mm-hmm. I think you said it was like a year long or nine month approach where they're yeah, continues- like making a baby. which which your your family's doing
0: yeah well we've we've made the well yeah the baby's coming
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay anyway so basically this is an ongoing nurturing program that allows you to reach out to people with multiple different um outbound touches and then continuously nurture them through this microsite through this place that's all personalized to them based on the title or based on some sort of specific field or variable that you know pertains to them no
0: i'm wondering when i say multi-billion dollar enterprise if if that scares somebody who's listening and thinking this is only for big companies. It's, it's really not. Uh, I, I'm also trying to clarify for some of you who are service providers that your large companies, your large uh, customers and prospects, there's opportunities sitting everywhere for you, regardless of their size.
1: Yeah, it really doesn't matter. It's basically any company, this could be useful to any company that's trying to get out information as well as gather information that's tailored designed to a specific person and who yep. they are and what behaviors they exhibit yep. or or what different types of uh, characteristics that fit them.
0: So Mackenzie, you mentioned higher ed mm-hmm. already with the uh, viewbook approach. We've also seen it in high-end real estate, mm-hmm. both uh, residential as well as commercial where the, the real estate agent or agent group is trying to establish a relationship with high-end buyers and they want to establish their brand and their uh, you know their unique ability to match them with the right properties. Again, because of the data that's behind the scenes here, all of that can happen on that microsite. And then uh, I, I've seen a number of examples for cable companies actually using this in their onboarding process. So you turn on a uh, new cable service and they want to take you through that process of turning on the cable service through... You know, you being very, very happy with the cable service that you have, there's a lot of steps that have to go on in there, you know, right. scheduling for the guy to come out and getting it installed and all, all of the other stuff that you have to do. And so I've seen uh, these large cable companies create these locations online where you can type in McKenzieFarshi dot, you know, fill in your favorite cable provider here dot com. And that becomes your home base for your onboarding process.
1: Yeah, I like that example where I think it applies then to any sort of onboarding, any place where you need to get a customer or a prospect to a portal or some sort of space that's then going to step them through any process of a mm. transaction. Mm-hmm. So um, if you think of any examples where you you yourself are trying to um, walk someone through a process or step them through if you're a service provider, any of your com- customers that do that, think about those use cases and using a per- personalized microsite approach rather than a hey this is for everyone and this is really um, static you know you want to take that personalization again you can use continuity with the images and the colors uh, so people are guided through this process
0: yep and if you're listening thinking shoot I don't know how to make images I don't know how to write copy well hey we put an episode together for you (laughs) the last episode go back and listen to episode number 22 and we've given you a lot of tips tricks and tools that you can use to actually get this stuff done don't be scared by what we're saying it's it's definitely within reach you can do this We believe in you. We believe in you. We certainly do. All right, folks, so those are the three use cases. We talked about the handoff, that's number one. We talked about the lead gen landing page, and then we just wrapped up here the personalized microsite. So in the next few episodes, what do we have coming up to build on your knowledge here?
1: Okay, so these are my favorite parts. We have two really experienced guests that are gonna come and share their experience using personalized URLs in their campaigns. Awesome. One of them is gonna be about automotive, And one of them is going to be about higher ed. Cool. So in each of these upcoming episodes, we're going to get to hear from these experts about how they use them and how it helps their campaigns. And at the end of the day, helps them get better results, get that conversion.
0: Yeah. So you don't want to miss that. Come back and join us. Um, and also if this information has been helpful to you, we'd love for you to stop by our blog. So mindfirestudio.com forward slash blog. Yep and leave us a comment, ask us a question, or visit iTunes and leave us a review. Those are really helpful to us. They give us fuel for creating this show for you. And we're always happy to answer your questions and to um, hear what's on your mind and see what we can do to, to bring you more valuable content.
1: And then after we bring in those two guests for you to listen to, our last and wrap up to our Pearl series is gonna be about how to use Pearls to make your internal sales and marketing team efficient. Awesome. So, yeah, so many of these things that we've been talking about with Pearls are for outreach or for lead generation or for any sort of outbound marketing. But Pearls are used internally here at Mindfire and with many organizations to talk to customers, to make their internal processes easy to create a personalized experience, you know, within their company. And so we want to bring some of those to you so that maybe if you are not going right into these other uh, use cases, you can start internally and start making your processes efficient.
0: Yeah, I can't wait. That's going to be so exciting. All right, guys and girls. Well, thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing you in next week's episode. And between now and then, uh, keep it up. And uh, we look forward to seeing you. Talk to you soon. All righty. Bye-bye.